All right, welcome to the Receding Money Line, the number one vibes-based betting podcast in the world. Today, we got a special treat for the listeners. Uh, not only is it yours truly and Pat, um, but we have brought on our friend, an NBA expert, a true Hoosier, also the man behind the art of the podcast, our friend Wes. Wow. Thank he, you he so much. So he's also a fashion icon. Fashion icon, which, which is important. Um, we're we're going to touch on that as well. We'll, um, we'll get there. We are it's uh, it's Wes, it's kind. great to have you. Oh, I'm very happy to be here on the Receding Moneyline podcast. Do you guys have a cool name for your for your dozens of fans yet? The final four. The final four. <laughs> We're growing to the oh, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Round of 32 is tough. That's round the most boring one. <laughs> but anyway, happy yeah. to be here. Thank you for calling me an NBA expert. You are an NBA expert, a fashion icon, and you have the best hair of anybody on this podcast today. So but it is going back a little bit. So I do feel uh, like I you feel like you fit in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. Um, well, yeah, we had a great week. We had the Masters last weekend. We'll get through all of our bets. I think overall, it was probably my best weekend of betting that we've had since we started this little project um, five weeks ago. Uh, betting on golf is not easy, and I uh, made it look easy. So I'm excited to excited to get into that. Uh, baseball, you know, someone, when I was watching the spring training game in person in Arizona, I said to somebody, I was like, people think baseball is boring. And I think generally they're correct. But I also think that that is like what makes baseball baseball, like baseball is not for everybody. It's a little boring, but you don't need to sit there and watch every single pitch. You can, you can have it on, you can do some work. So I enjoyed, uh, the first week of baseball, I'm looking forward to using my parents' login for Nesson to watch some to watch the Sox this summer. And uh, yeah, so why don't we get right into it, Steve? You want to you want to lead yeah, us off, Pat? So I, I got this. It's the question that everyone has been talking to their friends about, and is if you were Sky Scheffler and you needed to score a nine on the on eighteen at Augusta, could you do it? And we're talking about master's conditions. Would you be able to get it done? So it's funny that you, that you say all of, you know, every, that's the question everybody's talking about because I didn't talk to you about that, but I was with some other friends over the weekend and I was literally talking about that separately. But we, we had framed the question a little differently, which was if you had a four, if you had a four stroke lead, or he had a five-stroke lead going into 18 or four. I think he had a five-stroke lead going into 18. Could you shoot five over on the last two holes combined? So a variation to, to what you were saying. And um, my gut was like, yeah, I could probably double 17. 17 is a pretty straightforward par four, uphill, big green, not a lot of trees. So once I did that, I was like, yeah, like I could shoot four over on the last two holes and like get it into the house. And at the very least, or five over on the last two holes, and at the very least force a playoff uh, with Colin Morikawa to go, or with Rory to go uh, to a playoff for the Masters. And then somebody reminded me and showed me a picture of the, of the drive 
on 18. And it is like, it is like a hallway. It's basically the width of a hallway of trees. And I was like, I've seen my drives and I've seen Steve's drives and you could give Steve a bucket of range balls and there's no way he's hitting the fairway with a single one of them. I, um, so the answer, you made the, the question way too complicated, but the, the true answer is no, you would not. Correct. Be able to. I would not be able to. I would find a way to lose at least two balls on the, on the get, not even be able to get off the tee. If I well, did, your drops, your drops are questionable. Questionable. So, well, so were his. He was getting yeah. some some very nice drops. At your your drops were pretty questionable. So you might find the trees, drop, kick, uh, punch out into the fairway, lay up, be on the green, and then two pot, and you'd be like, you can put me down for a bogey. There is, I would not be able. There's not a place on that green that I would feel comfortable two putting. That's how yeah. hard those greens are. I mean, Scotty Scheffler was within four feet and he couldn't three putt. So there's no way you're two putting. Yeah. Let alone if there was like flat out, the fans were there and it was like a real deal. And like, I wouldn't be able, well, it actually, big difference. If the fans were on my side, I would, I think that would help me. If they were against me, there's no chance in hell I would be able to get anywhere in the single digits. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not doing it. Um, my question my master's related question, and I want both of your takes on this, is if you could play Augusta one time in your life, would you play it from the tips, like where the tournament tees are, to see what it's like to play the master's? Or would you play it from a normal distance, uh, which the pros aren't playing, like a normal distance for us? I would go with like the white tees, the normal tees where I can enjoy it yeah. because there's, I, you need to be able to drive the ball 270, 300 yards to have a good day. I mean, it's Augusta. Enjoy it. Like it's when we play Beth page black, you know, you don't, pay, you don't play from the championship tips. You play from what you're comfortable with. It's still an absolute blast. So yeah. I'm saying normal tees. That, that's the right answer. No one's follow-up question. If you say I played Augusta is, was it from the tips? Like, why would I make my day worse? Like, if you can say I played Augusta, people will be like, that's really cool. How was it? That's all they're asking. They're not asking, like, no, were you able to play it off the like, far? When I'm, when I'm already at, like, 115 after 17 holes, I might play 18 from the tips just so that I can answer the first question that Steve asked, which was, can you make a nine on 18 in the that's Masters? A great idea. Wow. Yeah, so we well, play 17 holes from the white tees, and then on the 18th hole, we move it all the way back, and we answer the first question of the pod. Well, that's like almost, Pat, when you played Chambers Bay, and you, the caddy set you up with DJ's oh. putt that he missed that, like, is a it was super fun. Speed was able to win. And didn't you hit it? So our caddy was – he didn't caddy in the U.S. Open, but he had, like – he was a caddy at the time at Chambers Bay. So he had like inside the ropes access and he would be like, over here is where Rory hit a three wood out of the rough to like five feet. And you're like, I'm so far away from the green right now. I'm not, I'm not even in the same like galaxy as the green. And you're showing me a place where Rory put it to 10 feet. And then on 18 uh, DJ had a, he had a putt to win a two putt to force a playoff and he three putted 
to give Jordan Spieth the win. And he set it up for the caddy set it up for us. And I hit it to like, like tap in like six inches or something. And he was like, okay, now I tried doing it on an ice rink. And I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. I get it. I'm not better than DJ. You think That's- that guy was just making it up at some point? A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah. No, Rory hit it behind his back from three hundred yards away with, with with a seven iron, and he put it within five feet. Can you do that, like guy? I don't think I'm better than professional golfers. Yeah, who? What, what are you trying to prove to me? Like, I get it. I just, I just like took penalty strokes on my last five drives. Like, you don't need to impress me. That's reminds um, me of when Joel was getting his three wood fitted, and he he hit one shot, and he was like. I don't know. It seems like it's going a little high. You know, let's say it was going like 75. <laughs> and the guy who was fitting him up goes, well, I mean, that's not really fair. I mean, Rory hits it like like twice that height with his three wood. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not him. <laughs> club fitting? I mean, if you're a club fitter, and Wes, I know you bought some new clubs recently. I don't know if you had a club fitter or not, but those guys are literally just paid to make you feel like a million bucks. You're supposed to leave there being like, my next round, I'm I'm breaking 80, my next round. And okay. then they charge you an arm and a leg for, for golf clubs. But they're, they're real salesmen and they just try to make you feel really, really awesome. Yeah, but also that's what you want. That's what you pay for. I want you to lie to me and be like this quarter of an inch that I'm gonna take off your irons is really the difference between you shooting 80 and 120. Yeah, every time I'm saying, yeah, done. There's no better way to get better at golf than to just break out the credit card and spend a bunch (laughs) of money every three years. Mm -hmm. Um, That was good. Why don't we uh, master's bet recaps? Steve, yours are pretty simple. I just see here a bunch of L's. Let let me go through it. Why don't you take take us through them? All right. Well, it's going to be – Winners, uh, John Rom didn't win. Tiger didn't win. What was your strategy? Remind us your strategy. No. Well, my strategy was I got good odds on John Rom, um, and then I went for people that did well at Augusta. So DJ usually does top ten, you know, without a doubt. Last four years, um, number eleven this year um, really really screwed me over. Tony Finau yep. just absolutely shit the bed. Bum. Um, we'll talk more about Tony Finau in a little bit. Yeah, and and my my man Rory, uh, of, of course, did not play well in the first round. I was looking for I was looking for final round Rory, um, but all that being said, I did win a Masters pool um, because I didn't pick any of the people that I bet on. I picked Scotty Scheffler. I picked Corey Connors. I picked Will Zalatoris. Um, so I won big in that. Um, so like. So I'm fine compared to like my one ten dollar bets. Yeah, um, that was much higher. So I'm I'm good. You're you're on a absolute heater in group bets between the NCAA and the Masters. Yeah, back to back weeks, um, which is where the real money is, <laughs> not, not the house. You got to beat all your friends to steal their money. Yeah. Um, those are all your master's bets. Those were, I had a lot of matchups that I went like 50, 50. Um, yeah. I hit my best one was look at the Instagram. 
Scotty Scheffler uh, winning after round two. Um, that oh, I that's good. Put in the morning of round two. So that was a good win. Uh, hit Cam Smith top five. I, I was all about Rory top 10 final round plus beating Morikawa. Um, and that worked out well. I don't want to toot my horn, but I told you exactly what was going to happen with Rory and it happened exactly how I said it would. Yeah, but I put the bets in before I listened to you. So usually that's smart, but yeah. this one but you, time. But you were you were right. You were absolutely West, right. West, did you have any Masters bets? Uh, no, just a couple Masters pools. Um, weirdly, the Masters, the sport I know probably the least about, uh, is the thing that I end up spending the most money on every year gambling. And uh, I just donated $75 to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good cause good cause it's true so, you're so my my master's betting strategy was pretty simple and it was tiger's gonna make the cut and i bet 250 dollars on tiger to make the cut and that was gonna fund everything else but i was riding and dying with tiger and lo and behold tiger has now made 23 out of 23 cuts at Augusta. And thank God that he did, because as soon as he made the cut, he shot the two worst rounds of his life at Augusta and dropped precipitously down the leaderboard. But uh, the bets I was sweating on Thursday, on Friday, were Tiger to make the cut, Harry Higgs to make the cut, Bryson to miss the cut, which hit that was plus one, 180, 160. Uh, that was a good one. Um, so after Thursday, I felt good. After Friday, I knew I wouldn't really be able to lose money on the Masters, and then I was set up pretty well. And then I had Scotty Scheffler plus 1800 before the tournament started. And then on Saturday, after a couple beers, well, uh, fishing and listening to Masters on Sirius XM radio, which is a lovely experience. Mike Tirico's dulcet tones washing over you as you're standing next to a river. Um, I took Scotty Scheffler minus 150 when he had a four or five stroke lead on Saturday. And it got tight for about one hole. The second, the second or third hole on Sunday got within one stroke and then Scotty brought it to the house. Um, except for 18 where he, he could have seven putted and that would have, that would have ended it. So overall, extremely successful masters betting, pretty pumped, really good to see tiger out there. Harry Higgs is an American hero, total beauty with that shirt wide open and looking forward to watching tiger in the U S open. Yeah. So so Pat, you say you were sweating those bets. I mean, Bryson was plus eleven. I don't. You were not sweating it. You were cheering. He was because he, he was, was so far gone. I think after Thursday, he was. Uh, he was close on Thursday. Two over on Thursday. The cut ended up being four over. But like, look, the reason I picked Bryson to miss the cut was one, the green dream books. Two, his his goofy clubs are all the same length. And three, most importantly. I knew we had a, a hamate hook bone injury in his left hand. And what is he doing tomorrow? Surgery. Having surgery on his hand. Okay. So, um, so I, I feel I pretty good I, about that one. I promised that the, our fans that I was going to 
go through your missed cuts. Um, but you had very little missed cuts in your winners. And I was, I was a little disappointed. I was, I got ready on Sunday, on Saturday. I was like, Ooh, let me going to, I'm going to mess with Pat. And yeah. you know, you had a lot of people, I think, I think the only person that missed the cut of your winner was like was 65 Sam, years old was Sam Burns. No, it, no, not, not Langer. Um, Sam Burns is the only guy that you picked to win. that missed oh, the cut. So oh, you had a oh. lot of people in play and I know you were the biggest Harold Varner fan um, yeah. on, on Saturday when he, he, he was looking, he was playing. Did you see what well. shoes he was wearing? He was wearing the Air Jordan. 12s. Well, at, on on Wednesday at the par, sorry at Wednesday on the par three contest, he was wearing Carolina blue polo and Carolina blue uh, Jordan ones, I think. And the announcer was like, "Why are you wearing all Carolina blue?" And he was like, "Well, I made a bet with two buddies that if um, if Carolina made it to the finals of the March of March Madness." I would wear Carolina blue. And the announcer was like, who were your two buddies? And he was like, oh, big Rob and um, Michael Jordan. And they're like, they're like, okay, got it. Who is big big Rob in this scenario? Big Rob is just like this random guy. So you're like, oh, it's going to be like big Rob and Jim from the club back home. And it's like, oh, it's not Jim. It's um, uh, the second most famous player to ever wear the number 23 in professional sports. Oh, sorry. The f- number one famous player is Brian Dabak of the Red Sox. <laughs> of course. I, th- I think it's very funny that um, the only like professional athletes that Michael Jordan buddies up with are golfers and like race car drivers. Yeah, Denny Hamlin. He's, he's like best yeah, buys with Denny Hamlin. Right. He's not friends with a single like current NBA basketball player. Doesn't he own a racing team? They did for a while. I don't know if they still he do. He does. He um. Uh, what's the guy? He has one racer. Um. But yeah, he owns a he owns a NASCAR team. Okay. And no, I he's was, got I was the thinking, Grove. The what? The golf course that he built in oh, okay. Florida that that people like. Um, I was thinking of the like actual Jordan brand racing team. He had like a motorcycle racing team with very cool colors at the time. I. I, could, I bet I could guess the years that that existed. And that was. That sounds like a late 90s, early 2000s no, type were, deal. It's like, it's got to be right when he got, he retired from the Wizards. So I would say like 2002 to 2006 has got to be, because that's when that was in. Right around the time the movie Biker Boys came out. But, yes, that would be the exact time. Yeah. He capitalized on that. Well, he, <laughs> he's a man of the trends. That's what I, everyone says about my MJ. Very much so. You see his jeans? See those jeans. So do we want to... All right, so I, let's, think, I think recap of the Masters, the tournament itself real quick was uh, Scotty Scheffler's seems really cool. Uh, I don't think it was the most exciting Masters of all time. Tiger, I think everybody knows I'm the biggest Tiger fan, but he definitely sucked a lot of the air out of the tournament in that Everyone was just following Tiger, and then he couldn't follow it up on the weekends by playing well, and he just flamed out. And then we had the pivot to focusing on what was actually happening at the top of the leaderboard. And Scotty Shelter is great, uh, but you know, I got, he, I got some. 
So yeah. really, I'm gonna we talked about so Wes, fashion icon. Um, so I'm gonna give you guys and I prepped you, I sent you some links for master fits. So I'm gonna give you there's four fits that happened this weekend, and I want you to give me your number one. So it was the Tony Finau mustard pullover with the pink hat. We put it was a little cold. He had the Victor Hovland pink pants with a black shirt combo. Very European. We had Tiger's pink mock neck. I think he makes those. He makes Nike make mock necks. Like, like they, no one else wears those except for him. And then the last one is uh, the man, the champion himself, uh, his mid-swing uh, vest that he, that he could not put on. Uh, for the life of him, every, but he tried to every time in between his swings. Well, it's impossible to swing. Like we've played golf in the cold and you want to wear another layer, but you can't swing wearing like a puffy jacket. So you have to take it off in between every shot. So I, I empathize with him. I will say on Tony Finau that uh, it wasn't even mustard. It was like brown, that brown and blue and pink outfit he was wearing. It was almost a Texas. It was like a Texas orange. Somebody posted on Instagram. I apologize. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember who it was. A link to the Nike clearance section on the website, and it was on the clearance section. It was in the clearance section of the Nike website, and they made Tony Finau wear it in the second round of the Masters. Pat, what what does it say that I, that was like? I'm like I I should, I was like I need to buy that pullover. Like I was like that one like Steve. Ugh. That one would look Ugh. great on Steve. Ugh. Steve, I'm kind of with you. I liked there, it. There you I, go. <laughs> I, I think that, I mean, maybe that, yeah, maybe that puts you this... off buying it now. But uh, I think the thing that threw off Tony Finau's fit, or at least like made people uh, roast it, is the hat. If he just has a navy hat on, then the pink stripe with the like weird mustard yellow color, I don't think really draws that many eyes. I thought the hat kind of looked bad. Yeah, but also, if you want my favorite uh, master fit of the weekend, it was Tony Finau. But the first day or second day, when he had that like vertical stripe polo with the white pants, looked great. Wes, this this might be a good, a quick interlude for um, our favorite Tony Finau story, which is we are waiting in line for the all-you-can-eat buffet at the Talking Stick Casino at. The Waste Management Open, it was Friday night. Tony Finau had missed the cut. For whatever reason, there was a 40-minute line to get into the all-you-can-eat buffet. We're about 15 minutes from the front of the line. And our buddy, Adam, whose bachelor party we were there for, point he like taps me on the shoulder. He's like, Pat, I think that's Tony Finau, like standing like by the front kind of by like the hostess stand, but just kind of like lording around, like not like looks like he just walked up there and realized there was a 45 minute line and didn't know what to do. So me and Adam walked up to him and we're like, Hey, Tony, like we're, you know, big fans. Like, sorry, missed the cut. We're rooting for you the rest of the year. Uh, you know, can we get a picture and then we'll get out of your way. We don't want to like be a bother. And he, he was, you could see the look in his eyes. He had like his nine family members with him. And he was like, I do not want to deal with my family. I will talk to you for as long as you want. So we talked to him for a couple of minutes and then we, and then we go, we're like, okay, we're going to get back in line. And he goes, can I stand in line with you? Like, can I, can I get in line with you to basically to cut the line? 
so that I can get my 10 family members in. And we were like, absolutely. So he jumps in line with us. And for the next 15 minutes, it's like me, you, Steve, you were there, uh, a bunch of our other friends and Tony Finau just shooting the shit in line for the all-you-can-eat buffet at the Talking Stick Resort and Casino in Scottsdale. It was awesome. That was... I, look, I don't um, want to give you guys too much credit for being cool guys, but Tony Finau, even if he's come a long way in terms of notoriety since then, he probably could have cut anybody there. The fact <laughs> that he was like, I like these guys enough to stand with them, I think that's too highly of you. I actually think that speaks not- to like golfers and golfers are just like weird and people don't know them. And Tony Finau had, had won a match in the Ryder cup last year and like nobody else was around him. Like, I don't think people like realized who he was at. No one knew. No, I didn't know who he was. I, he was, it was not the Tony Finau of, of today. It was very much a different, like a guy, just a, I think you could do it now and no one would know who he was. I don't think so. I don't think so. He puts on that mustard yellow sweater, though. I know. People well, flock. Well, Wes, it's a good point. So Tony Finau is known in my head, known in my head, as someone who, like, they give him, like, he will wear whatever Nike tells him to wear. Like, mm. he's, like he had to wear this, like, this shirt that looked like it had, like, a maze on it that, like, you could figure out. Like, that, it was, like, you know, some ridiculous neon and black. Um, and, and they, he, he wore that people gave him no, a, a hard time. He wore that black hat that said Nike down the, like the front, you know, every, he's every okay. single, he's a company car. man. Yeah. Company man. Well, shout out to Tony, Fino. he's being a nice guy. So I did have, so Pat, you were talking about how Scotty Scheffler is actually like a cool guy. I, I have been like listening to more and like when he talks about golf, he's, he is a cool guy. Um, but he's also like, he's way too obsessed with the office and Chipotle. Like he's almost like a golf is so complicated. He's like, I just need to simplify my life. Like it was like 2010. He Googled like, what, what do guys like? And he was like, uh, Chipotle in the office. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm you know, get married. And then I'll just, I'll focus on golf. But like, that's what I'm into. Like, I don't have to look up anything else. So like, it's almost like weird like how how into the into those two things he is it's the classic like a guy who logged on in 2010 who was like oh people are into bacon now i guess bacon's my whole thing but then like (laughs) people passed them by and they kind of just stayed in that lane yeah i i guess he was like getting really good at golf um went to texas uh won a national championship um decided to join the pga tour um instead of like getting like into some other things uh which you know, I'm not going to fault him for that, uh, but I just want it noted uh, in the record. He's a guy, though, who has absolutely no sauce, but is, like, well aware of that fact, and that kind of makes him more uh, likable. Like, when he tees off in his midtown or uniform on 18, like, you're not that mad at it because he's a lame guy who knows he's a lame guy. Who are we talking about? I blacked out for a second. <laughs> <Scotty> <laughs> Kepler. You're here. Oh. Um. He's, he's kind of got that he's got that like Eli Manning a bit to him where yeah. like, like I'm a dork and I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, a a loser but like I know it and like I'm gonna play into it he kind of looks ultra cool I think I don't know he just carries himself <laughs> very cool very cool 
Yes, of course. All right. Pat, that, Patrick all right. saw the quarter zip and the yeah, best and was like, this yeah. is my type of guy. Or Buck, I'm sure. So did you – so let's get – I mean, we could talk about the MLB, but, like, I mean, I lost all my bets. Not all my bets. I won one of my bets. But, you know, I don't think it was – wasn't anything crazy. I need, definitely need to brush up on, on the MLB. I don't know enough. Um, but I think we should get into the NBA, NBA playoffs. Wes, we're going to throw it to you since you are our guest expert and just kind of like give us like your vibes. Like, what do you think the best storylines are? Like, you know, who you're rooting for? Um, you know, where, how far you think the Pacers are going to go? Um, you know, just, just go off. Okay, well, first and foremost, I would like to say that the uh, Pacers have a different idea this year. They're tanking for the first time in my lifetime, and we are proud of them for doing so. They turned uh, Demata Sabonis into Tyrese Halliburton and a bright future. So, so, so they, you, but they also make, we're great. They didn't even make a play-in game, you're saying? Don't let 20 yeah. teams make the playoffs. Yeah, like, it's like two-thirds. Yeah, but you know what happens if you make the playoffs? You lose out on the lottery, guys. This was intentional. They were bad on purpose from day one, allegedly. Next next weekend we'll have next week we'll have our friend Joel on to give us a dissertation on how tanking works and how accumulating lottery picks works as a Sixers fan. Yeah, and how it turns into a guaranteed championship every year. Uh, <laughs> so I guess, yeah, to, to give a little playoff overview, I think uh, just broadly, uh, it, it's going to be a little chalky. Like the Bucks and the Suns, who are probably the preseason presumptive favorites, are, are still the favorites. Uh, I think the East is definitely more interesting than the West. Phoenix is such a machine, and there are so many injuries in the West where there are a lot of question marks. That yeah, I don't know that anybody besides Phoenix is going to come out barring anything. Do the Warriors have no chance to come out of the West, or, or like, um, isn't Steph healthy-ish? Getting healthy? Yeah, so he's going to be back, and I'm sure we'll talk about this. If we hit that series, but their whole team is coming off of injury. So like, Draymond missed a lot of the season, and Steph missed a lot of the season. Clay obviously. And Andrew Wiggins is, like, a little banged up now. I don't know if that's rest or if he's, like, actually banged up. But there's enough there to where I don't know what version of the Warriors you're going to get. And they're going against, in the first round, the presumptive MVP. So if they don't make it out of the first round, I wouldn't be surprised. If they go to the Western Conference Finals, I also wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think the other big thing in the East is just Brooklyn as a seven seed. Um, They – had this very public Kyrie Irving situation this year, but now he's good to go. That, that's and, my question. That was my question. This will be a good leading question for U.S. Is um, you look at the odds for Brooklyn for the championship or even for uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, and they are they are um, I think plus three hundred. Yeah, plus 300 to win the Eastern Conference champions championship as a seven seed. Is that just because of Kyrie's whole vaccine situation and he couldn't play for half the games during the regular season and that's why they're a seven seed? I mean, I think that's part of it, but I think their problems are, are deeper than Kyrie Irving. Like, I, 
you know, because you guys are a vibes based uh, program and not a and not a stats based program. Correct. correct. No numbers, some, please. I, look, I looked at some numbers, but more importantly, I was thinking about like uh, the framing of that's a lot of blank uh, for teams that I think are going to lose. And so, like for the Brooklyn Nets to win a championship, you have to think like that's a lot of Seth Curry. And if my championship hopes hinge on Seth Curry. I don't know how feel how good I feel about that. So I, I think the Kyrie Irving was, is a big part of why they were a seven seed, as well as Kevin Durant missing a lot of the season. But like, I, I don't think it's just that. I think they're like kind of a bad team, who with just two uh, killers who could. They looked the they looked really really good last night against the Caps. It's one game though. It's one. But, game. And they and they only won by like eight or something. Yeah. yeah, the Cavs the Cavs were bad, but and Kyrie went off like Kyrie like made his first ten shots and three of them were threes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, he's I, unreal. I wrote in my notes. These are good notes. These are really good notes. I said, um, I think the lack of chemistry is is wasn't just the downfall in Pat's uh, high school relationships, but um, it will be for the Nets as well. So that's that's Steve's take. Yeah, well, I got broken up to during uh, the song Landslide by the Dixie Chicks. And my fifth grade girlfriend at the time said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, so uh, Bruce so Almighty I, and the Dixie Chicks. So, <laughs> so while we're talking Nets uh, Celtics, I will say that my Eastern Conference pick is the Celtics. And I'm sorry to all of our Nets fans, but that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> yeah, uh, as you guys were talking about the Masters a little bit, um, I was looking at the the conference finals odds as well as the uh, to win it all odds. The sec- the Celtics dropped from twelve hundred to plus seven hundred from when I was looking earlier today. Yeah, so they, there's this weird thing. So a lot of so the Nets were actually favorites when they opened the lines up, mm-hmm. and then some people are just like a big money is going after the Celtics in the first round. So it's messed up all the bets. So like now that's why then you can get the nets in the first series as um, at like, I think it, it's, I got it at plus one fifteen today, but I think it's even higher. Like really? there's a lot of money going in on the Celtics. I have no idea when the whole, to win the whole thing, win the whole to everything, win the whole thing, win the series. A lot of money is going on the Celtics. I, I don't I mean, it. They're a better basketball team. Like they were not to throw numbers at you, but they're second in net rating this year, first in defense. So, I think the Nets would be the best in net rating. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, it was great to talk to you guys. Uh, <laughs> um, I yeah, I, I just don't think the Nets are great, and the Celtics like have been awesome for three, four months now. Um, but if I was betting on the series at all, the one thing that I I think is interesting is the overs for games Ooh, um i like this so the net stevens is terrible like the indiana pacers who as we established are intentionally tanking um hung 126 or something on them two weeks ago i know the celtics have the best defense in the league but i think they give up like 106 points a game or something so if the Nets are just giving up 120 automatically, if the Celtics play to their average, you get 225 easy, which I think was what the line is for the over, or 224 maybe. Uh, Wes, 
Uh, looking at the odds, why don't you give us like a uh, somewhat long shot that you think has a chance, a, a real chance to win the final? So plus a thousand. We got Warriors at plus a thousand, Heat at plus a thousand, Grizz at plus twelve hundred, the Sixers are plus sixteen hundred. Do any of those teams or somebody else even do you think have a realistic shot to beat the Suns in the finals? Yeah, I mean, I, for a long shot, I kind of like Memphis. I think they're a good basketball team. Um, one to 12, basically. They can play a lot of different dudes. I, I think they're probably a, a year away or maybe even a piece away from being a real contender, but at plus 1,400, I think that's probably the best team to come out of the West. That's not the Suns. Golden State, I, I just don't feel good about where they're at injury-wise. And then uh, earlier today when I was looking, Boston would have been the pick. They were plus 1,200 at like 3 o'clock today. They are now plus 700, so falls out of your long shot category. To what you're saying, Steve, to how unimpressive the Nets were, despite Kyrie Irving being so fucking impressive in that win. Like, yeah, I, they're just a too deep team who gives up a ton of points and, like, beat the Cavs by, whatever, eight or whatever, despite being up by 20 from the jump. Yeah. I mean, I I, I said the last a couple podcasts, I'm not the biggest Kyrie Irving fan, but I'm not going to argue that he is one of the, the best offensive players in the game right now. And KD is the second best player in the, in the world right now. But, like, when you don't play a lot together – like that affects your game. Like, so can, can Steve uh, tell us who his Kyrie Irving player comp is, or have you already done that on the we, podcast? We've done it, but it is Stefan Marbury, the heart and soul. I mean, he is Brooklyn basketball. So I, I think people, when I talk about that, they think that I'm like dissing Kyrie Irving, which I am, but I'm also want to point out that like the Stefan Marbury was ahead of his time. And like, if he was came out in 2013, like, you would he'd be a di- totally different like player in in the world. Fair. Stephon Marbury was nasty. Uh, I think he yeah he probably gets remembered more for his like head tattoo and uh, what was the store? We did Stephen the- Larry's shoes. Oh, what was that store called? Oh oh oh! I don't. Stephen something. Yes, the fifteen dollar Marberries. Yeah yeah the Starberries Starberries. But no, so I have a long shot, and my long shot is the Sixers. And I took the Sixers on April 10th um, at plus 650 um, because they had just lost the Nets and everyone was talking about how, oh, Harden couldn't handle it. You know, he left. They're the better team than Nets. Um, So I was like, well, you know, this is the perfect time to bet on them. Everyone's going to zig. I'm going to zag. I'm going to take advantage of it. Uh, Turns out, not the genius I thought I was, um, went from plus 1600 but I actually hit that up today because I actually like that. I think they're on the right side of the bracket. They don't have to deal with the Nets. They don't have to deal with the Bucks. Um, they have two amazing players. Embiid's the MVP. I, I mean, I think it's for the for for that amount of money. I think you know plus sixteen hundred. I think they're a great long shot. What was their head to head record against the Raptors? Um, well, uh, well, no one no one cares about the past. Um, maybe the Raptors do because you know they're a bunch of fossils. Um, but I, I think, I think oh this, my god, 
<laughs> you're right. The Raptors are the literally the only team that cares about the past. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe the Sixers because it was 1976. They also care about the past. Um, but so I, but I think that the future is going to say that that the the Sixers are going to win that series four to two. So I'm not worried about the past series. I'm worried about this series. Um, that's what I'm about. Plus 400 on that pick, though. Write it down. I don't like the Raptors in the first round. You do like them? I think the Sixers will ultimately win that series. I think the Raptors will push it to seven. Pascal Siakam has been out of his mind. And I don't know how good the Sixers are. Is Fred Van Vliet healthy? I think so. As far as I know, they don't have anybody major out. And they have – do you know who has an even better on-off number than – or I guess team record – stat than the Grizzlies with and without John Morant is uh, OG Ananobi and the Raptors. They're like an 80% win percentage with OG Ananobi on the floor versus like 60 or 50 with him out. Yeah, I didn't know he was on the team. I'm going to be honest. Um, so. Well, that's because you're not plugged into the Indiana Hoosier alumni base like I am. So that's that's a good point. Why would, you take, would you take sorry, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference odds right now. Would you take if you take both the Bucks and the Celtics, you cannot lose money? And it's yeah. <laughs> a good point. Like, <laughs> if you bet everyone, you one Bucks of them will Celtics, win. You can't lose money. You a little bit more. You do better than break even if the Bucks win, and if the Celtics win, you win. You basically have like plus one forty. Yeah. I like the Bucs, um, and I, another team I bet on in April 10th, just because they were next to the Sixers, um, and I said, oh, that's a good one. Um, I got that on plus 750. I also hit them up at plus 500 um, today. Um, and, you know, to back up my research, I, I, I looked at some websites, and I found one highly touted, um, and they said they, they, there's, three, there's three reasons why the Bucs are going to repeat. Um, their championship experience. Okay, I got that. Uh, their defense, big defense team. And uh, my favorite, uh, Gian- Giannis is a different cat. And I said, um, who wrote this article? Did I, in me in the future, write this article? Because that's, there's nothing helpful other than that. Like, those are exactly the same dumb points I was going to make. They've been there before. Giannis is really good. They're also really good on defense because they're all tall. And, but, but I agree. That- that kind of reminds me of uh, when I was in college and I read, I was interviewing for jobs and a bunch of our friends were interviewing for jobs. And I read this article that was like, this was 2012. So it was like three stocks that will do well of Mitt Romney win the election and three stocks that will do well of Barack Obama win the election. And all you have to do is memorize six stocks and like one line about them. And you could go into any interview and just kind of like, bring it up and be like, oh, you know, I think if Barack Obama wins, then um, these green energy stocks will do well. And I think if Mitt Romney wins, then Lockheed Martin will do well. And you just sounded like an absolute genius for memorizing six really basic facts, similar to the six facts that you got off like FM 93.5 Milwaukee yesterday. Um, The issue was that all of our friends read the same article. So we'd go into the interviews and people would be like, 
I'd be like, well, one stock I think that will do well. Yeah, Lockheed Martin. Like, we get it. Your buddy told us that <laughs> 30 minutes ago. <laughs> They're like, why don't you to go back to your go back to your off-campus house and like coordinate your uh, Milwaukee Bucks facts a little better. <laughs> I love the idea that interviewers just keep like you guys keep hammering these defense contractors as stocks to hit and they're like man these lehigh guys are so hawkish <laughs> like this dude really wants northrop grumman stock to go up it's like no i read one article on market watch baby was there was there an actual interview that you all three went to and you all did that or did there you was one where there was definitely two definitely there was one where there was where where two of us used the same line like the same like interview punchline and I think I was second and I remember going through it and I can just see like the interviewer's eyes roll in the back of their head. It was oh, I could, the moment I could feel like the moment that you saw it, he realized it or whoever interviewed you, like you, you like, also oh. realized it. You're like, I'm like, Oh God, oh. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I'll just, I'll just show myself the door. And then I actually think that that interview was the same one where like, um, after the interview, they asked you to fill out this like HR thing on some laptop they brought. And the recruiter came over to me and let's say this was like, let's say this was like Coca-Cola. It wasn't Coca-Cola, but they're like, they're like, Pat, here's your cover letter. And she like puts it in front of me and the cover letter says like, um, I'm really excited about this potential internship at Pepsi. And I'm like, oh, I put the completely wrong company name in the cover letter. Like it was just a form cover letter. And like I use it for 10 interviews or something. And I just like, so between the uh, plagiarizing Joel's interview article facts from Market Watch, uh, some random article and making up the name of a random company, that was not a job that I got. You don't say. Anyways, who has a pick? For the Eastern and Western Western Conference Finals, um, Wes, why don't you start us off? Okay, so for the Eastern Conference, I um, already said it earlier, but I, I liked Boston at the longer odds. Now it seems like all the money's on them. Um, I'm not as high, uh, but I do think they've been the best team for the last like three months. Um, they're first in defensive writing. I think they're second in net writing overall. Uh, and I don't love a lot of the other guys. So for an Eastern Conference Finals, I think actually can the Bucks and Celtics play each other there? No, they'll meet in the no. second round. Okay. So then, yeah, I guess on the other side, if I'm taking Boston, uh, I guess the other one would be Philadelphia. I don't love Miami. Philadelphia plus 800 to win the Eastern Conference. I would still take Milwaukee or Boston over Philadelphia if they meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Not a, love, not a lot of love for uh, Miami here amongst us. No. I mean, they're barely a team. What, it's Jimmy yeah. Butler and company. I, I've yeah. seen them before. They, their best shot was in the bubble. Their time has ended. That's yeah. a team I look at and think that's – a lot of Tyler Hero. Like, Bam Adebayo is probably their best player, but he's not exactly like a pass me the ball and watch what I do with a guy. Jimmy Butler is 
sucks at shooting outside of 12 feet. So if they pack it in, I don't know, then you're saying like, hey, Tyler Hero, go win us a series. Best of luck with that. Yeah. Um, I've got Celtics plus 340 rooting for a, uh, a hometown championship. Steve, what do you got? I got, I didn't do individual because I, I just think the Suns are going to be there. Um, yeah. So I said, why, why don't, why just not parlay them? Right. So I got Sixers Suns in the finals plus 1600. Um, you know, <laughs> we were talking about this. I mean, the Suns are a machine. I think that they did it last year. They no other team has really like elevated and shown that they can really do it. Mm-hmm. So like keep it up with the Suns. I like the Sixers odds. Um, plus 1600 is a great. How is it the same as the Sixers just to win? Like, I guess that makes sense. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all in. I'm going to I'm going to be at Wogies watching the Sixers games. Nice all playoffs, baby. So I, I don't want to interrupt this this uh, train of, of definite definite winners that we have going. But I just remembered another fun fact from my college recruiting days. And it's, it's sports and that's related. what the people are listening for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sports related. Tell us about the so, star method, Pat. In 2004, I created a Gmail uh, that was num1bosoxfan04 at gmail.com. Uh, that was 18 years ago. And I think I used that, like, when I went to college, like, that was the only email I had. Like, when I applied to colleges, the email that I used was num1bosoxfan04 at gmail.com. And I have a distinct memory of, of getting a, an email back from a recruiter being like, no, you are not accepted for this position. And I looked at the email that I emailed them with. This was like my senior year of college when I'm 20 years old and applying for like real jobs. And the email that I used was num1bosoxfan04 at gmail.com. My pdg213 at lehigh.edu must have gotten uh, uh, lost in the shuffle for some reason. So RIP to num1bosoxfan04 at gmail.com. I, I think that in general, right, like we're the, we're the, we were the generation that first got dial-in internet, first got AOL screen names and, and emails. We didn't know what we were doing. Like that no one told us like that you, like you may have this email for a long time. Like, like the girls that were like Blondie, Dolphin Baby, you know, zero nine. Blondie, Dolphin Baby? Yeah, I feel like every girl's was that. Like I had my first AOL AOL email was NFL Steven. Yes. I also like, I like the NFL. My name's Steven at AOL.com. Yeah. What's the issue? Like, I don't see why <laughs> this would be a problem in a professional setting. Oh, Steve, you work at the NFL? No, no, no. You're misunder you're not quite understanding. I just I just really like the NFL. Sir, you're 31 years old. Why is your email NFL Steven? Why do you well, have an AOL email? What that yeah. exists still? Well, I love the NFL. I get yeah. it. I get yeah. that you love the NFL. Look, I thought I was being very pre- professional here. I could have emailed you from uh, GiantsFan69 at Hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to next weekend, we'll have on. Lax fan two one two. 
All right. Okay. All right. Get um, back on track. What, so, all right. Finals winners. Finals winners. Pat, do you got any? Uh, yes. In fact, I do. I'm going Eastern Conference strictly. I'm going Celtics plus 250. Sorry. Celtics plus 750. And Warriors plus 1,000. And I know I said that's Eastern Conference only, but I uh, don't watch it. I was mistaken. It's, it's my um, podcast. I make the rules. Yeah. Uh, I well, I thought I was Sixers in Celtics, um, but I'm absolutely not Sixers. We're going Warriors plus a thousand. I can't get out of my head. Steph Curry just going off in the playoffs, and um, Devin Booker and the Suns are obviously. You know, odds on favorite to win. Uh, but I'm going with Warriors plus a thousand, Celtics plus 750. Uh, can't definitely can't lose on those. So <laughs> I so. <laughs> definitely Next, can. Moving on. Moving, moving on. on. All right. No, so no, no offense to Pat's um, memories of Steph Curry uh, hitting shots from everywhere, which you can still do. But what? I, he doesn't I, do that I, anymore. No, no, he's great. Although his uh his true shooting and effective field goal are, are down, um, but I kind of like Denver plus two hundred five in that first round versus the Warriors. Ooh. you're you're kind of just betting on the Warriors being uh at least like fifty percent banged up because half of their roster is. So if you're getting I don't know seventy percent from all of those big three guys versus the MVP. I kind of like that. Maybe I'll throw a little on Denver plus two hundred five a little bit, just as like a as a hedge against the Warriors not making it out of the first round. Wes, that was a great. So we're going to do one series pick. Uh, I don't know if that's yours. I also like the Nuggets. I added them a plus one eighty. I'm going to try to find the two hundred five. Um, but we'll, let's do one series pick each um, to to kind of get us to first round. So mine is. I'm gonna do. Um, I'm doing Bucks sweeping the Bulls plus two thirty. Um, the Bulls they just got hot at the wrong time, and that was January, which no one remembers. Um, you know they can't beat anybody uh, without Caruso, who who is a a brother in arms with the receding money lines. But um, you know he is he is a Draymond Green type talent and. The Bulls cannot win without him. I maybe I, maybe Demar Derozan has one god game, but I don't think that I, I think that's not going to happen. The Bucks are Bucks are good. Sweep. Shout out to Alex Caruso for um, avoiding the receding money line altogether, and just uh, when the time was right, he picked it, and we respect that. We we respect that. We will never do it, but we respect it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. No, I'm riding this until the wheels come off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you have, I, got yeah. A, I got a haircut today, guys. Oh, did you? That's good. Yeah. You, look, you look great. I think th- things do change when you're on television for 82 games plus playoffs. Um, you really have to take it in. Like, is this the right move? Yeah, look, there's no- this zoom angle. My hair looks better than Steve's. <laughs> Maybe. But there are no high angles of my head, you know? Like, there's not an it's good being tall. camera 
Well, yeah, but also like I'm not on TV like Steve says. Like, there's not the right. overhead cam that like gets the bold spot. In the oh, back. totally. I never. Did you see Tiger? That. Did you see Tiger this weekend? Didn't he paint it on? He could be. No, no, he did not. He should have, but he did not. He could be on the pod. Let me he, tell you, he could be a title sponsor for the pod. Oh, Tiger's got to shave that, but also, uh, I it don't know. Like hot with a shaved head, I think. It's golf. Would, Just put a hat on. They're all true. bald. What's his he look really good. situation, though? Who's? Can he grow a beard? Tiger. Oh, yeah, he can grow a beard. Have you seen the picture of him when he dyed his beard white for Santa for to be Santa Claus? Oh, sexy Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. Electric. <laughs> Electric. All time photograph. Yeah. Because yeah. His, kids, his kids are into it, which is, yeah. Yeah. Very normal, Tiger. Yep. <laughs> Super normal. Um, I don't have a serious pick, but I will say that I have written down the game has started already. We started a little bit late, but I have San Antonio plus five and a half. At the moment, they're up eight to six uh, in the first quarter. Um, so that is my that's my bet for tonight is San Antonio plus five and a half. Okay. And I had the money line plus 190. So I'm glad to hear they're up. I like that. They're up by two points, which is, you know, two point lead is the worst lead in sports. That's what they say. In the NBA, especially. Oh, sorry. That's a hockey thing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two, two basket, two, two point lead, worst lead in basketball. Um, so, series bet, I said I like Denver um, versus Golden State. I also like Dallas, who I'm showing plus 235 i don't love dallas as a team but i don't think the jazz are awesome and all-time bad vibes on the utah jazz their two best players hate each other their second leading scorer is a guy who hasn't played in two months i think bojan bogdanovich uh i i don't know how healthy luca is his leg injury seemed pretty bad and they're kind of cagey on how he is but if he's back, if they're plus 235 in the series, I think I like that pick over Utah. I'm with you, but how important is it that, like, the two best players on a team like each other in basketball? Like, as long as they pass each other the ball, like, that's like the, like, that is the, the line, right? Like, if you hate each other enough that I won't pass you the ball, then it's a broken relationship. If they did, will pass each other the ball, there's no problem. They don't. Did you see those pass stats for uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? No, I didn't. No, no, it was like a, a big story the other day. Basically, Donovan Mitchell does not pass Rudy Gobert the ball, so, like, <laughs> which is hilarious that you made that point. Uh, apropos of nothing, like he is passing him the ball less than he is like guys who he's not running pick and rolls with constantly. That's so funny. Is yeah. it like, is there a video of like the Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr. type like thing? Oh, I don't know if uh, Rudy Gobert's dad is on that, but uh, <laughs> he should be. Because yeah, what's the, up with Baker? Baker was, Baker was all in his feels today on social media. Yeah, I heard he. Well, he's he definitely got he's in a he bad spot. He's got they screwed. had four. They had four offensive coordinators. They had four head coaches in what five years, four years that he was there. So he got screwed. Also, where they like they also re- 
like they were saying, Hey, like you're not going to be the starter next year. So he said, can I get traded? And they said, okay, um, no. And then we're going to release to the media, the fact that you want to be traded so that everyone in Cleveland now thinks that you're a quitter and they're going to hate you. And they're not going to really be mad at us when we get someone yeah, he, else. He got done dirty. Who happens to be allegedly sexual assaulted. Yeah, that's like the dozens fifth, of women. Yeah, um, that's like the fifth most villainous thing that Cleveland did around their quarterback yeah. situation. So. <laughs> like they're like the uh, laughable losers, and they're like, "We're gonna pull this move off," and it's like, "Yeah, just just relax." <laughs> yeah, uh, bring it back. Um, what else do we have? Anybody I, have cha- championship picks done? Series picks? I think we did all uh, those to the extent that we had them. They were done. Uh, the listeners tomorrow will hear that I hit on the Spurs plus five and a half. And I think that wraps just about wraps up episode five of the receding money line. Wes? Yeah, la- last, uh, last pick that I have um, as soon as it's available, if it's available, and we assume it will yep. be based on our picks is uh, the minute you see Chris Paul for finals MVP come up, take that immediately. Uh, assuming the odds are good, there will be no narrative that basketball writers want to vote for more than Chris Paul overcoming the odds, which in this case means just sucking in the playoffs, uh, <laughs> then voting him for finals MVP. I love that. And Devin Booker is going to what? Just like sit on the bench with 35 points a game being I was gonna say, like, yeah. He's going to unless he, unless he scores 50 points a game, it's going to be Chris Paul. They'll find a way to make it a Chris Paul. Yeah, even then, if even if Devin Booker scores 50 a game, they'll be like, you know, actually, uh, including hockey, Vibes. Chris Paul is responsible for 36 of those 50 points every <laughs> game. I love it. So, Wes, thanks for joining us. I think, Happy uh, to be here. I think we'll have you back maybe right before the finals, and we'll recap how our series bets went, and we'll We'll give the listeners um, exactly what they want, which is 30 minutes on NBA Finals Talk. Uh, maybe we'll mix in a little, I don't know what golf tournament will be going on. And Oh, one thing I had to say about the NBA playoffs is that there are way too many days off. Way too many days off. In between the first three games, there's two days off in between each game. Seems, seems completely unnecessary. By the time that we get to the finals, it's going to be what beginning of June. I I don't know why uh, you're complaining. We just be dealing with baseball then. So uh, the longer it goes, the better we're doing. We like that's baseball. a great point. That's what we that's what we said. Shout out to baseball. That is the coolest sport that you can be into. But um, if you're not into it, like myself, baseball sucks. So I, I'm with Steve here that the longer you can keep other sports uh, working intermittently with baseball, the better off you are as a fan. Yeah. All right. So week five in the books. Wes, thank you again. Next week, we will come to you with uh, baseball, <laughs> which everyone cares about. We got uh, first couple games of the NBA playoffs, and we check us out on our Instagram, which is new and great. And Steve is doing an incredible job of posting some absolutely fire memes that he cooks up in the kitchen, in the meme in the meme kitchen on the production line. And there'll be a Twitter one day, but for now, 
You got Instagram, receding money line. Next week, we'll be back with week six. Until then, we're out.